0: Welcome to the family with Doug Sprinthal,
1: Alex Brand bernard Rasmussen, co-host Catherine Brant,
0: Andy Brand bernard
1: and Cassie Schrader,
0: and we'll be right back with the family. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Well,
2: basically, we're trying to represent people who have been hurt, then talk to them before they talk to an adjuster. Uh, One of the key points is to make sure you know what your rights are before you start talking to the insurance company, and they start asking you questions, or they try to settle your case early and cheap.
0: it's been good. <laughs> it's been good, ladies and <laughs> it's gentlemen. been good. And how do they contact you?
2: And, uh, e- either through our website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com, minnesotapersonalinjury.com, or at 800-770-7008. Michael Bryant,
0: Bradshaw and Bryant. There it I'm up now. Ladies and gentlemen, Doug Sprinthal, Walzer Automotive Group, walzer.com Well, what are we going to talk about
3: now, I'm completely unprepared. Now, we'll talk about uh, the new Walzer care. This is really a cool thing. It replaced Warranty for Life. Uh, it's a 10-year, 150,000-mile powertrain warranty. Unlike Warranty for Life, it also has roadside assistance. So if you lock your keys in your car, you get a flat tire, run out of gas, uh, 24-7, somebody will come out and help you. This is That's at nice. no charge on uh, the Minnesota vehicles. So... Check out Walzer.com for more details about Walzer Care.
0: That's the whole shooting
3: match? Well, I could go on and on. Do you want to do 45 minutes on rust proofing?
0: No, oh, you already did that this morning. Okay, sorry. <laughs> ah.
3: Walzer Hotline Group,
0: Walzer.com. Still the highest paid dead celebrity in the world. Really? Michael Jackson.
1: A lot of
4: good it does him.
0: Made, I believe, $65 million last year.
3: Did he really? I wonder what John Lennon made. Do you know? $30 million. Slacker. Slacker. (laughs) Barely But when you think about that, he's he's only getting a fourth. And Mike's getting it all, so.
0: Mike. No, that's just what Lennon made. Right. Yeah, so Lennon gets all of his money. Because he has his private, you know, the Uh, the band broke up and all that stuff. So, you know, we got this whole thing covered. Don't worry about a thing. But, um, yes, Michael Jackson is the highest paid dead celebrity for several uh, years in a row now. And you know who's number three for several years in a row now? And I mean decades. Elvis or Jimi Hendrix? Nope, Elvis is number two. Okay. Number three is Charles Schultz. Peanuts. Oh really? Yeah. Yep.
4: Doo, 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 doo. At least he deserves
1: it.
0: <laughs> tonight, <laughs> the great pumpkin baby. They'll he'll be that's making even right. more money tonight.
1: Although we don't have so television good. anymore, so I'm not exactly sure how we're going to watch it.
0: Let's come over to our house.
3: I'm not doing. You that. don't have a television?
1: We have a television, yes. but we don't have cable or any. Yeah, you're going of off the off TV the grid thing.
0: Do you have any like Roku things or anything? Like we that? have
1: Apple TV. That should be on there. Right? Well, it's got to be
0: on there okay. right? i
1: know and yeah. some hulu stuff plays live as well
0: hulu. hulu. well
1: and we hulu is we have that through our apple tv i wonder if the great pumpkin's on Hulu.
4: yeah we'll
0: find it it's a it's got to be it's on there got somewhere, somewhere. got to be something you know what it's I probably might
4: have to pay 29.99 yeah for it oh my god it's probably <laughs> on youtube
0: me. and you could just watch it yeah that's true, most that's like true. <laughs> of course we have it at the house but we can't transfer it over no no Unfortunately. So, last night, we're sitting around. Let me see if I can track this down while we're doing they this. They don't night.
4: want people sharing shows.
0: Yeah. I yeah. wonder why. I thought, <laughs> yeah. I thought they limited it to two other people. You could share with two other people, but that was it.
4: Can they be on your... I don't know about that. I have no idea. I've never even tried to share. I, think I you can, haven't either. Oh, I think it's because you can... Yeah, if you've got a family plan or... I don't know. Forget it. I don't know anything. What are you doing, Tom?
0: I'm just trying to get on... Facebook, because why? once again, after seven years, I'm getting back on Facebook.
4: I know, I and already got, I got messages. Is Tom really back yeah. on
1: Facebook?
3: Well, was he I hacked? I texted him, I thought he'd been hacked massive for sure. Well, because he in was hacked ass.
1: on, he wasn't hacked, but somebody opened up a fake account on Twitter and oh, was like, really? I'm back after whatever years.
0: Oh, did they? Glad oh, to be no. here. Was I a total a-hole on that one? Probably. Hard to believe. <laughs> Hard to believe that happened to me. Anyway, yeah, we're just... Uh, because uh, Facebook has done a great job on our on our video, right, Andy? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, Cassie, so you've been looking at it too. Yep. So far, so good. Really, thousands of views, as a matter of fact. So that's pretty wow. good, man.
1: I think it's a better way to just reach more people because it, it pops yeah. up in their newsfeed. Yeah, because they're already friends, right? Yeah, friends, or if they Followers, like the page. Whatever. Okay. And you can even set it to where every time we go live on Facebook, you'll get a notification. Right. And stuff like that. So it's just easier, you know, because YouTube, you have to go to YouTube, you have to search it up unless you subscribe. Right. And then, you know, so it doesn't, like, pop up in your face like it does on Facebook. So yeah.
0: I want it to pop up. That's
5: <laughs> all well, you want to look at
3: yourself? Is that the plan here? going
0: to go and
1: watch it. <laughs> <laughs> I look want this me. to be bigger.
0: How do I make this bigger? Oh, that's because you sent it back to me. I can't. Uh, there's something I want to show everybody in the studio here because something happened yesterday. It was really cool.
3: Next on Tom Struggles with Technology. I'm not, I'm not struggling it's with technology. It just
0: sucks. Okay, so we're it's, watching.
1: It's not me. It's the technology. Yeah.
0: We're watching. Catherine and I are watching Wheel of Fortune last night. We like we, watching Wheel of Fortune. Uh, they're Wheel Jeopardy. Watchers. Wheel Watchers. We're Wheel Watchers. On occasion we do. Yeah. And the final puzzle comes up. Oh. And the woman wins on the final puzzle. She nails it, guesses it. She wins. Final puzzle is... I don't have my glasses.
4: Adorable,
0: Adorable fawn. Fun. Uh-huh. <laughs> Look at that, the final puzzle. Oh. Adorable fawn, Andy. Did you, you see said. it? Yep. Dad,
4: Tom was so excited. He was like... "I've okay. got." He called Alex right away, and he's trying to show her the TV. I know, I'm like, you guys are sh- so
1: old. Can you read it? Can you read it now? And then I was like, flip the camera, push this button and flip the camera, and then look at it through the lens. And then he He's, he's like, like, I don't have the where camera. The lens is. And then he was like, oh, and then he flipped right. it to himself up, and he was like, you. Can you see it now? And I was like, Dad, you're the oldest man in the scene. No,
0: I'm just the most disinterested man in digital because it's ruining everyone's life. Even our former president, Barack Obama, and I agree with him 100%. And we've been talking about this on this show and the morning show for two years now. So thank you, President Obama, for joining our side of things. We're going to reach out to him and have him on. Yeah, he's going to be on Car (laughs) Selling Secrets and talk about Volkswagens and stuff. You know, he actually started all
3: this mess. What? Well, when you think about the, his '08 campaign, mm-hmm. he was the most digitally savvy politician oh, I ever. I mean, yep. he was the yep. first guy that got the Twitter yep. connections going You're and the right. Republicans going, what the hell's going on? You're and right. Eight years later, Donald Trump says, here, hold my beer, watch this. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, back when I did voiceover in Chicago, we used to hang out, but then I started calling him B.O. and he didn't like it. <laughs> so he wouldn't hang out with me anymore. Uh, Barack Obama's name has been back in the headlines this week, but not over the drama on Capitol Hill or the Democratic primary. Instead, it's over a warning he issued young people about the dangers of ideological purity and woke culture. Could not agree with the former president more. Now, are they former presidents or are they always presidents?
3: I think they always call them president.
0: I think so. He's they always do. He'll always be President Obama. Yeah. What he said while well, speaking during a forum at the Obama Foundation Summit in Chicago on Tuesday, President Obama declared this idea of purity and you're never compromised and you're always politically woke and all that stuff, you should get over that quickly. Per the Hill, the world is messy, there are ambiguities, people who do really good stuff have flaws. Obama said he is seeing a troubling trend on college campuses in particular. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just steal it from the from the Tom Bernard podcast, That's <laughs> <all> I'm saying. <laughs> Uh, there is a sense, there's a sense sometimes of the way we make change is to be as judgmental as possible about other people. If I tweet or hashtag about how you didn't do something right or use the wrong verb, then I can sit back and feel pretty good about myself because, man, you see how woke I was? But that's not activism, he added. If all you're doing is casting stones, you're probably not going to get that far. Wow. And now, of course, all the Phenomenal. losers on Twitter are calling him. well oh, no, he's a loser. He's, oh, they're going to probably turn He's on, the yeah. alt-right president, and et cetera, et cetera. Oh, they're going to turn Because that's how, him how they are. Yeah. What do you mean he's all right? alt-right? Alt-right. right Oh, now Obama's the alt-right president? Well, everyone's alt-right if you don't believe what <laughs> they believe. They're going they after believe. Obama.
3: You know, he's he's probably just pissed at his daughters. Well,
0: maybe. (laughs) Because they're in college, right? (laughs) That's a possibility. It's true. They're actually going after Obama on Twitter. I I just... What more could he do for you people? And by you people, all you far lefties, he he did everything for you, and now you're going to turn on him. Well... Nothing.
4: puts the brakes on, you know, a freight train of crazy than common sense. Right. And they don't like that because the freight train yeah. of crazy is what they're—they're they're just having so much fun with it right now.
0: Um, the Washington Post notes that Obama has achieved the rare feat of earning praise from the left and the right. I, that's not rare. I, I, I'm sorry, Jesus. I wish they could you. Could you stop trying to divide the nation, Washington Post and CNN and Fox and all the rest of you? Calm down. Uh, in any case, he's pra- receiving praise from the left and the right. For instance, conservative commenter Ann Coulter tweeted, good for Obama. Ann a Coulter? Ann Coulter. Well, wow. he's right. I he's 100% I right.
3: Medicine. Yeah, but she hates everybody.
0: Well, she <laughs> hates everybody. <laughs> that's true I oh, used to hate everybody. She's a weird woman.
4: I'm happy yeah, when, you know, people can actually see something that right. makes I, sense. I, that's and why I'm surprised, Joe. Yeah.
0: But anyway. That's
3: great. I'm sorry I didn't mean to interrupt. No, you're not in interrupting at all. there for a second.
0: It only gets better. Uh, good for Obama. Pro-Obama sentiment is so rare coming from her that she felt the need to add, I'm not being sarcastic. <laughs> <laughs> so That's she has phenomenal. a sense of humor and can compliment somebody. We've never seen that sense of humor before, I can guarantee you that. Somebody stole her. Another conservative her voice, Tommy Laren said on Fox News that Obama is, quote, looking like the voice of reason.
2: Yes.
0: In praise at CNN, Chris Chalitza. Is that how you say his name or her name? Chris Tom Chalitza. Uh, The rise of cancel culture, particularly on the left and particularly on social media, particularly on the left, that's the only place it is. What are you talking about? Is one of the defining hallmarks of our culture in the post Obama presidency. Uh He writes say or tweet one thing perceived as wrong, and your critics want your head. So I'm just asking for maybe somebody that's a
3: listener that doesn't understand cancel culture. What the hell is that? I don't know.
0: What is cancel culture? Uh, when I talk to you and you disagree with me or you don't agree with everything I say, I try to ruin your life. Oh, I mean, step out of line on social media and you're over. Your yep. career is over. Your life is over. They will literally try to end your career. They'll try to ruin your life. And they've done life. it.
3: They've, oh, done they've it ruined plenty of yeah. times. They yeah. didn't know there was a term for that. Yep. I guess I'm
0: not. There's always, culture. Culture. There's always a term. Oligarch irritated by agonized youth wrote one on Twitter using unhappy... Views are unhappy with Obama's observations, and at the Federalist, John Daniel Davidson thinks that the seeds of cancel culture were planted during the Obama presidency, partly by Obama himself. So it's all well and good that Obama's concerned about the corrosive effects of cancel culture and militant wokeness militant wokeness. Oh, God, I hate you. But as warnings and reprimands are a day late at a dollar short, the woke left isn't listening, not even to about. They're not listening to anybody but themselves, because it's all about them. Me, 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 more me now. This is all about me. That's what the far left is now. Not the left, not Democrats, but the far left. It's all me, me, me. It's all about me. Everything's about me. And let me ask you a question, because you were around it for your whole life. I said this morning that about ninety-five percent of, of professors in colleges around America do a really great job. Just like everything else in our our culture, about five percent of people are way way out of their minds.
3: Yep, I would I would agree with that. That's true. I, I mean, it's the same in any profession.
0: In any profession, that's cops exactly are the
3: right. same way. Yep, Most cops yep. do a great job. They put their lives on the line every day, and you know, really don't get paid very well for it. And a few of them are just complete meatheads. It's no different in a college.
0: You're absolutely right. There are 5% of those professors that love to sit and tell everybody because they got pushed down or they got their underwear pulled up their butt or mama didn't hug them enough that the whole world has to pay. That's all it is to me. I mean, these professors are such candy asses. And, again, I'm talking about the 5% that they're going to try to change the way your brain works.
4: Well, it's a very a... sheltered, cloistered community. Yeah. It's...
0: What do you mean, Doug's house? <laughs> Thank you very much. Great to I meet had you. a psych professor
3: in college named Jerry Weiss. Interestingly enough, his brother was in Jay and the Americans. He was from Brooklyn. And I remember the last class I took from him, he, and they, he would never be able to do this in this day and age. But he comes up and he goes, all right, here's the deal. Everybody in this room, you get an A. Your job in the next six weeks is to not fuck it up. <laughs> <laughs>
0: wow. wow. That's a good way to look at it. I, like I love it. It. <laughs> it works for me, man. That does work for me. Yeah, but he I... grew up with uh, uh,
3: Robert De Niro, too. He's a, he lived down the street from him. He's oh, really they're right. Interesting cat. Robert... This was back when Robert De Niro was up and coming. So it was, I think Raging Bull might have just come out
0: there. And thinking clearly. I think Raging Bull, he might have taken a few too many to the oh, head. Yeah. I don't know what happened to him. He's nuts. I
3: I think the beginning of the end was when he signed off on doing Dirty Grandpa. I watched that. (laughs) Oh, God. God, that looks
0: horrible. so weird. Why would you watch that?
3: Well, I was on an airplane. It was the only thing to watch. Yes, Yes, I've watched lots of
4: movies I'd never seen
3: in my (laughs) life if it hadn't been airplane movies. One of the scenes he's waxing the banana, looking at porn, waiting for his waxing grandson to Waxing the him banana, up. Catherine. Well, I was trying to think of a more <laughs>
0: delicate Danny. way to put it.
3: Yes, it is delicate.
0: You've always been a very delicate <laughs> yeah, guy. Yeah, I know. A lot of people say that. But let me just say this. I, I appreciate the courage of, of Barack Obama. I appreciate his honesty. I appreciate him coming forward and saying, look, this is way out of line. To destroy someone's life because he doesn't agree with you is insane. So I'm really glad that he stepped up. Because I don't know of many other politicians that would do that.
4: No, nobody wants to put their neck out anymore.
0: It's also a sign that he can't be elected to any other office, or he's never going to run out of money.
3: <laughs> well, I think they, they're doing okay. I think, I think they're I think doing both. okay.
4: Netflix money's been coming in handy. Yeah, it has,
3: they got yeah. a sixty million advance on their books. Yes, they did. Yeah. Which they made back on Michelle's. He hasn't even published his yet.
0: Yeah, Michelle's has been sounding like a mad woman. Yep. Now she was talking about uh, white flight. Ah. Michelle talking about witnessing white flight when she was kid. Catherine and I were just talking about white flight the other day. Because where we live is right between where she grew up and where I grew up. So we're about, what would you say, about three blocks from the city border to North Minneapolis? Yeah,
4: maybe, a, maybe four.
0: Maybe four blocks. <laughs> yeah. But we moved toward the city. We were living out in the country and we moved toward the city. Apparently most honkies moved away from the city because they're so woke and understanding and wonderful. But I don't want to live anywhere near you, black people. Do you remember the I band, love the so band
3: called Funny. the Bus Boys? You remember oh, yeah, the Bus absolutely, Boys? Yeah. They did a song called There Goes the Neighborhood. It was about white people moving into <laughs> exactly. the city. And one of the lines was, I don't want to live the next next to no Carol and Bob. The inner city is too close to my job. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Carol and Bob. Uh.
0: That, is, uh, that is amazing, though. Yeah, she was talking a lot about white flight and how by coincidence, you and I were just talking about this yesterday that, oh, you know, we love everybody and we just want people are all the same. and We want to live together, except I'm going to live about 25 miles west. Of That's here. right. You phony bastards. <laughs> I, I just I hate that so much. They know exactly what's going on. First of all, you know, it'd be really funny. Go, ahead.
3: Go to Woodhill Country Club and see if you can find any coexist bumper stickers. Yeah,
0: coexist, baby. <laughs> 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 I speaking of phony. About twenty-five years. When, when did the whole gas crisis thing happen? Oh, well, was, it's been
3: a. I mean, the first one was in the early seventies.
0: Yeah. Yes, yes, that was uh, during Carter administration. <laughs> yeah, it? no, this yeah, was, was the second.
3: It, I think it was seventy-two or seventy-four was the first. So, so his one. was the second. So that would have yeah, been. Second oh, so it was, was Gerald
0: Ford. Ford. Yeah, Gerald yeah, Ford. Yeah,
1: Ford. and then yeah, then there was the gas crisis in the late late seventies. Yep.
0: Okay, this would have been early eighties. So what would that have been? Well, that we, would had a, just would... we
3: had gas crises for a long time. Yeah, we did.
0: Yeah, we did. Absolutely. But I remember pulling into the Woodhill. Woodhill, for people who don't know, is a very, very upscale, very wealthy country club. It's where Paul Walzer plays golf. It's where Paul Walzer plays golf. Yes. What does that tell you, right Uh-oh. there?
4: Might not want to pick on his <clears throat> country club. Change of name. But I remember
0: pulling in, and I was driving a Cadillac Alante. So uh-huh. that would have been what about eighty-seven or yeah. something. Yeah. 86, something like that. I pull in, I'm driving a a Cadillac Alante, and every car parked by a billionaire was a Dodge Dart. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to show I'm just one of the people. (laughs) God, it was so phony. Where'd you hide your Rolls Royce? Because I know you got one. (laughs) (laughs) That whole white people, rich white people deciding what is important and what isn't makes me laugh. I don't know.
3: No wonder you hate politicians. Because <laughs>
0: well, they're all rich, rich yeah, white people. I'm pretty sure very the great. rich people in every country decide what happens. Well, you're right. But in any case, congratulations to President Obama. I really appreciate your position because you make complete 100% sense, uh, and I really appreciate you stepping up and taking a shot. Oh, what's that? John, we got to take a break. My mm-hmm. God, I didn't know that late. We'll yeah, be right I'm
4: back. Waxing poetic.
0: i put a spell on you We listened
1: to all the Halloween music last night while carving pumpkins Oh, did you? We just yeah.
0: watched Hocus Pocus last night, so there ah, you go That's a good movie By Focus? No One of the great songs there Remember that Barbra song? Barbara Streisand? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's Hocus Pocus Yodeling in po- a flute yodelo, solo yodelo, 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 yodelo I just love that Midler's
1: character in Hocus Pocus, the witch, is named Winifred Because you don't hear that very often
0: She had quite a bit bigger nose than you did, I noticed What the hell are you doing over there?
4: <laughs>
1: the
0: Halloween ghost just beat on the table. Ladies and gentlemen, Vince Wilson, our very special guest. How are you, Vince?
4: Okay, kids. Hey, I'm doing good.
0: How are you? I'm doing extremely well. There apparently are ghosts banging on the table here. I, I heard them anyway. Weird and unusual facts about the death of Edgar Allan Poe and other creepy legends. And lore of All Hallows Eve, also known as Halloween, and stop pronouncing it Halloween. It's Halloween, do it, Halloween. Right, or
5: get out, right, Vince? <laughs> well, that's, yeah, I agree. Well, my Baltimore accent uh, forces me to say Halloween after anyway. So, uh, but the but yeah, the well, yeah, I, I guess there's a sort of argument for Halloween because it is All Hallows Eve, the eve of All Saints Day. Hallowed. Hallowed ground's not hallowed ground. It's hallowed ground. Let's get it right. <laughs> Let's get rid of this not guy. Right. He doesn't
0: know what he's talking about. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You, Vince, I gotta tell right, you well, one thing. I saw your name I up some, I'll get them signing off there. Have nah. a good Halloween. Here, <laughs> fine. Don't worry about don't worry about it. Worry about it. Um, right. I saw your name but and I went, we... that's a great name for like a, a neighborhood thug. I think it'd be great. But hey man, you pissed me <laughs> off. I'm gonna tell Vince Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> sounds like a tough guy name, doesn't? Don't you think?
1: Vince is a tough guy name.
5: Oh, I, I have a bad reputation for being a nice guy, so. Mm. Uh, numbers, well, I'm sure
0: that's true. I'm sure it's absolutely true. So, I've, I've asked many people this question, and nobody knows why. But why did the Beatles at the end of the song say "Edgar Allan Duck"? Why did they say that? I have no.
5: I've never. I have no idea.
0: <laughs> uh, why would they do that? But it, one the, I can't remember which song it is. It, I don't think it's Strawberry Fields or it's one of those, but they John smoked, Lennon they goes. They
5: smoked a fair amount of pot. Well, that's like, true. Trad- yeah, some I, I, I the same, same thing, I'm sure it has something to do with drugs.
0: Edgar Allan oh. Duck. Weird and unusual facts about the death of Edgar Allan Poe and other creepy legends and lore of all Hallow's Eve. Vince, I'm turning it over to you because it's Halloween and I'm excited. I'm very excited I- to hear the story.
5: I'm actually very excited, too, and today, today I will actually be at the uh, Ed Allen Poe House in Baltimore. In this really? Afternoon. That's stopping by, that's correct, and I'm at the Haunted Lord Baltimore Hotel as I'm speaking to you from one of the hotel rooms here. Uh, one, often represented as one of the top ten most haunted hotels in the United States, uh, if not in the top five list. Uh, so, Do you hang out at the but, street uh,
0: where they found Dylan Thomas in the gutter?
5: Do you hang out there, too? That was in, uh, that was in Baltimore, wasn't it? <laughs> I think that was. Yep. As yeah, well, that could help us actually segue into one of the first myths about Edgar Allan Poe. Perfect. Um, is that? Poe, yeah, Poe was not found in the gutter. No. All right. <laughs> no, he wasn't. <laughs> yeah. So that, that's a very popular myth for some reason. It actually. is. Yeah. So, so did he have a troubled life? Yes. Was he? Was occasionally. Morose and dark, of course, but he was also said to be the life of the party. People often invited him mm. to uh, do recitals of his poetry and stories at uh, popular parties, uh, politicians, well-to-do people. The wealthy would often invite him over to have dinner and do some poetry readings. Um, the, uh, we're going to find out during the course of the afternoon uh, that the, uh, a lot of the things you think you know about Edgar Allan Poe, uh, I didn't mean that for Derime either, but uh, <laughs> a, lot things, a lot of things you need to you know are not true, and were actually uh, started by one of his his uh, literary enemies. In okay. fact, his quintessential literary enemy. Um, so Poe was he was not um, found in the gutter. He was not found in the street. He he was disheveled and delirious. He was found in front of Gunners Hall uh, in Baltimore City, in the area now known as Little Italy at the corner of Exeter and Lombard Street, which is around the 900 block of, of uh, Lombard Street in Little Italy now. So if you were to go there, stand at that intersection, you're within feet of or, or very least yards away from where Edgar Allan Poe uh, was found in this disheveled, delirious state. He, landed, uh, he was taken to the hospital. He lasted about three days and died on October 7th, 1849, at only 40 years old. Oh Oh, man! man. Yeah, that's right. He was uh, born eighteen oh nine, January nineteenth. When the stand is asked, yeah, it was very sad. He was only forty years old when he passed away, and it's and he died under mysterious circumstances. Because to this day, his medical records are missing. All right, they they just disappeared, and we have no idea what truthfully killed Edgar Poe. Although there are theories, Um, so Poe. As you know, it's just, it's just hard not to rhyme that O sound. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Poe, as you know, can as go. You know, that's right. He, uh, Edgar Allan Poe, uh, he, you know, he was. Uh, he had uh, very long moments of depression. He did drink occasionally, but he was not an alcoholic. It's another myth, right, associated right. with Edgar Allan Poe. Um, so, um, <clears throat> and take a look at the time period in history. OK, this is a time period history in which you woke up in the morning, had beer for breakfast. That was not unusual. Um, I understand some people do do that, but it's considered unusual today.
2: <laughs> yeah. The <laughs> exact
5: thing is you had beer for breakfast. You had, you know, you went on to lunch, your lunch break and you might have had more beer or brandy or scotch or something like that. And then for dinner, you had brandy or, or wine for dinner. All right. So you drink all day long, basically, I mean, with intermittent, <laughs> you know, uh, breaks, you know, maybe some tea and coffee in there somewhere. But for the most part, people were used to drinking back then. Um, and you were a drunk or an alcoholic. If you, um, you know, fell down the street drunk, you, or you threw up all the time or you couldn't get to work and you're basically homeless, that's when they considered you an alcoholic. If you could not function at all. You were drunk at that at that point. Uh, so, but the but up until that point, in which you go, well, you went over that what they consider that was the limit for drinking.
4: Sounds like but Florida. You went over that, then you,
5: yeah, then you were
4: just laughing.
5: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, then you were drunk. But by today's standards, you were uh, Poe was certainly not hog. In fact, the last two years of his life. He was a member of the temperance movement, the precursor to what had later became prohibition.
0: Yeah, I did not know that, and I absolutely did not know that. He, um, why do you think it is that, that so many great, you know, writers like Dylan Thomas and Edgar Allan Poe, and there's a, actually a long list, came to
5: Baltimore? Um, well, was it? it was a major port and communication yeah, area. So, the, yeah, so the port of Baltimore. Uh, you had uh sources coming off around the country. There was a lot of uh, uh political movements here. Um, there was a military presence here, it was Annapolis very close by. Um it was a, a major trade area. So there's a lot of ideas. Uh it, of course there was Johns Hopkins, there was University of Maryland, there was uh, you know, the uh these you know, there was a major it was a major area for um technology, science and um uh, and stories in a lot of history, of course, the War of eighteen twelve very prominent here in Baltimore. Mm-hmm. You know the, you know the, uh, um, the Star Spangled Banner was written here, for example. You know, uh, by Francis Scott Key. The Battle of Fort McHenry took place here. There was had certainly it was in, during the Civil War, which happened after Poe's death, of course. Uh, it was the only time in history that cannons were actually aimed at an American city. Uh, so. Uh, it's a, a little tidbit of, uh, you know, military history there for you, but the, um, it was a uh, major port of trade and information knowledge. And I think that's what attracted people here. Well yeah, and it, it, was, had a, it, it had an ambience to it.
3: It was the capital of the U S for a while. For a while. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It yep. was
0: indeed no doubt about that. I, um, I just realized something. that My great-grandmother was born two years after Edgar Allan Poe died. She was born in 1851. Wow. Isn't that amazing? You know how scary that is, Vince, to realize that your great-grandmother was nine years old when Abraham Lincoln was elected president? Wow. <laughs> it's a little scary, isn't it? Looking back a bit. Um, yeah, I mean, Baltimore is a very interesting town. Obviously, there's just, they just lost uh, Mr. Cummings and... Um, there was a big battle there between our president and, and him and talking about Baltimore. Baltimore has had its ups and downs. There's no doubt about that.
5: Oh yes. You know, it's, it's recently been in the, the news, unfortunately because of comments made by, uh, president Trump. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> uh, but the, um, but it's, yeah. So it, and it's unfortunate because I, it is my hometown. I was born and raised in Baltimore city and I love this town. I'm an Orioles fan. Um, uh, to some degree, and <laughs> not, not in the sports necessarily, but I, I support the Orioles and the Baltimore Ravens. And the Baltimore Ravens, of course, named after at ground pose the Raven.
0: Okay, well, so, uh, since you're a Baltimore Ravens fan, I'll just you, you just say thank you for giving you Matt Burke to win the Super Bowl from Minnesota.
5: <laughs> well, the, uh I, I, don't, I don't, I don't, I'm a fan only because I'm from Baltimore. Not, I don't really keep up with the uh, the Ravens. To be perfectly honest with you, I know some people are probably booing me right now as you listen to this. <laughs> yes, I'm sure <laughs> really. they are. But, but, uh, but yeah, I, I support them as a football team, but I'm not in the football enough to actually know what's going on with them right now. Uh, so another myth associated with Edgar speaking of sports, uh, Edgar Allan Poe was uh, pretty good at rugby. And he, really? uh, and, he oh, yes, and also not to, uh, do, do, do it, uh, despite what you may have heard, Unlike many athletes today, Edgar Allan Poe never did drugs.
0: Huh. No no uh, <laughs> physical enhancement, he didn't have the big lats and everything.
5: No, that's right. I can't really see Edgar Allan
0: Poe <laughs> weightlifting. I really I just can't picture that. I don't know that they had hypodermic
5: needles in <laughs> Yeah, They 30. might not
0: have, that's true. Yeah. Probably true.
5: Or or opium. That was a very uh, oh, yeah. common thing yep. associated with Edgar Allan Poe. Now, I have an excerpt from a Dr. Carter Woodbury, a, a friend of his. He says that in his own opinion, I incline to the view that Poe began to use of the use of drugs in Baltimore, that his periods of absence from liquor were periods of less moderate indulgence of opium. However, uh, as he never met Poe, it offers no evidence to support this position, Woodbury's conjecture may, may best be ignored. All of his friends have said He's never indulged in opium or any or any opiates at all, you know, which were rarely available off the shelf at that time period. I mean, you could just go into yeah, a drugstore right. and literally buy opium. They
4: knew all how right, to
5: live. So, yeah, and so so uh, po, every every friend Poe's ever had has said that Poe was never indulged in drugs. So this is one of those rumors that got spread by someone who didn't even know Edgar Allan Poe. Uh, but why does? Why do we believe these things? Why do we believe um, all this stuff about Edgar Allan Poe? Well, it involves this literary enemy, uh, an individual uh, who would go down in history as one of America's worst jerks. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> That's a long list.
4: Yeah.
5: I thought it was yes. me. All right. Well, check this out. First of all, he, ha- uh, he is the Lex Luthor to Edgar Allan Poe's Superman. These are more yard to a Sherlock Holmes, basically. Although they never did battles directly, this, you know, um, necessarily. Uh, Gris, this guy, I always want to say his name, okay? So this guy, he has a villain name. In fact, I, I'd imagine if you were walked up to him and someone introduced you as this person, you would immediately say, I don't trust this guy. Just from his name. I like his it. Name, yep, his name is Rufus Griswold. Yeah, Rufus Griswold. I just called him yep. RG. <laughs> yeah, RG was a, uh, a notorious a-hole. To be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> well, have
1: okay. gotta be known for something, yes. uh,
5: yeah. <laughs> you notorious a-hole. I love
0: that, Vince.
5: I love it. So he was he was known to accept bribes to for, for he, he was mostly known for he did poetry and stories himself. But he's obviously largely forgotten and is known as a villain throughout history um but he was known for accepting bribes to have uh, your poems or you know stories in his collected works volumes he would print out every year so he'd print out a, a collection of works from different authors and writers and poets and he would uh reprint them in his collected works um so and he would subscribe. So if you had like something like roses or red, violets or blue, uh, you know, he would put that in his collected works if you gave him enough money. It's like, you know, you slip him a five under the table and mm-hmm. your next thing you know, your poetry is in his book. All right. So Griswold did think that Edgar Allan Poe had written a um, review of one of his stories, but because the review was anonymous, there was really no proof of that. We still don't know this to this day if it was actually Edgar Poe. Might have been, might even have, have been probable that it was him, but we don't know for sure. But Griswold thought he knew for sure and just hated him from that point on. He would, um, you know, spread rumors about Poe and that sort of thing. And Poe was, for as far as we know, totally oblivious to this. This wasn't like a westinghouse uh edison sort of thing you know this was yeah yeah yeah, he was oblivious to it he did not understand that um people were this guy was mocking him and he thought it was a joke basically and he took he treated it as such but it gets worse all right uh
0: vince do you mind if i take a two minute break two minute break and come right back Uh, Do I
5: have a choice to mind it or
0: not? No, well, yes, you do. I mean, if you have to get going, I don't want to cut you off. No, I'm not.
5: Go ahead. You're fine. (laughs) Okay, we'll be
0: back in two minutes more with Vince Wilson. We're talking Edgar Allan Poe with the family. In the love of long night Okay, what's his name? Because I had to correct it on the morning show Because they had it wrong What is the singer's name? Vince, do you know the singer's name here? I'm afraid I don't I, I can barely do it He did the mash, he did the monster. just
1: We just listened to this while covering pumpkins last night And Alexa said Boris
0: Karloff <laughs> Boris was his, He used it as a middle name Boris was his middle name
1: uh, What was it?
4: Uh, I don't his know.
0: initials yeah. would be, with the Boris, would be B.B.P.
1: Brad Boris. Nope. Brad Peterson.
0: Bobby Boris. <laughs> Bobby Boris Pickett was his Bobby name. Bobby
1: Boris. And the Crypt Kickers.
0: The Crypt Kicker Crip 5. Kick. Five. Wow. <laughs> the Crypt Kicker 5. Don't forget the Crypt Kicker 5, absolutely. Vince Wilson with us. We're talking about Edgar Allan Poe, a great subject to talk about on Halloween Day Whee- and Night. All right, so back to
5: to Griswold, who's a total pain in the ass. Oh yeah, so I so so Poe dies on October 9th, eighteen forty nine, and uh, I'm sorry, October seventh, eighteen forty nine. On October 9th, eighteen forty nine, an obituary appeared in the New York Tribune. Okay, and I'm going to read you. An excerpt or two from this. All right. Okay. Now he, he wrote this as under a, a assumed name. Uh, he didn't use his real name, but everyone knew who it was. And it was later revealed, certainly that it definitely 100 percent was Rufus Griswold. Here's how it begins. Check this out. Edgar Allan Poe is dead. He died in Baltimore the day before yesterday. This announcement will startle many, but few will be grieved by it. Ooh. <laughs> Oh, wow. That's cold. Well, Opinion
4: pieces even whoop. in an O bit.
5: <laughs> that's
0: right. <laughs> I have a question for you, Vince. Uh so Rufus Griswold, he didn't make very much money, did he?
5: Oh, he did. He did oh, actually. Did he? he was he was he was certainly wealthier than Poe was. Poe had suffered through poverty. Yeah. Uh, I we're
1: that.
5: Get to, yeah, we're gonna get to that in a minute because oh, he okay. was actually on his way to success. Uh, because he had gone on a, uh, before his death, he had gone on a um, fundraising tour to raise money for a magazine called The Stylist. Uh, but th- he, would, he raised a little over $2,000, which would have been a quarter of a million today, something along those lines. like right. A huge amount of money. Uh, and uh, he, 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 was, he was honestly a success. With that kind of money, he would have been able to open his dream job of having a, a literary magazine. And he probably would have done very well with that, but he disappeared. The money was never seen again, Ooh. which leads to some, with some of the theories in regards to what happened to him. But Griswold, finishing up with that, that story with him and why people believe he's Smith today, um, You know, the, it, it, most of this comes from Griswold tricking Edgar Allan Poe's aunt into, who, who inherited all of his collected works, tricked his aunt, and is signing over to Griswold the rights to his books, his stories, his poems, everything. And then, after he got the rights to it, he published collections of the works and put in front of every single book his own biography that he wrote that <laughs> slandered Poe in it, bringing up the rumors of opium addiction, womanizing, and alcoholism, and that he was a terrible Characterizing cat basically.
3: Sounds like something my ex-wife would have done. <laughs> oh, which one?
5: <laughs> hey everyone. it's great to be this here. This guy would have
4: loved Twitter. <laughs> yeah, yes. he would have loved
5: Twitter, absolutely. Oh yeah. He, he would have Facebook Twitter, he would have been all over it. Uh, <laughs> he would have had his own Facebook page for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so Griswold was like I said, the best way to describe him is a major able. There's a yes. no major other able. Like it. Major Abole, that's right. This is his last name. Uh, so this is his real last name. Uh, Gris- yeah, Griswold was awful. He just he was every every in every way the villain, and his name definitely deserves to be dragged through the mud for it. So, so everyone makes mistakes. If it was
0: <laughs> if it wasn't about the money, then it had to be about the 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 name. I, was that what he was upset? At? So was I know he, that he thinks that that Edgar Allan Poe you know slandered him or something, but. What was he really meant? Because most often, when you got somebody attack something like that, it's all about the money or the success someone it's has jealousy. had. It's just
5: jealousy. Well, I, th- it? I think it, it, it's jealousy, envy. Poe had real talent. Yep. Griswold was mostly known for just publishing collections of books. You know, he he took other people's works, put them together into a collection, and published them as, as that. You know. Uh, although he did write his own stuff, no one knows who he is today. And no. uh, I couldn't think, I've never even bothered to look up his stuff because that would give him some degree of respect, I think. Yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, the uh, Poe was a natural talent. He is the father of the modern detective story, which he doesn't get enough credit. Everyone thinks it's Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, and Doyle definitely mm-hmm. acknowledges Poe as the real father of modern detective stories. With oh. stories like Murders of the Rude Morgue, for example. Um, in which he created a, the, the, uh, the Paris detective in there. Um, yeah. So mm-hmm. the was definitely a literary giant, you know, the, uh, he was, he, he actually invented the term short stories. Oh, he did? Not. Yes. Really? Um, I know so that. yeah. So it was just, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> I mean, it would the idea was around just no one ever called it anything. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Poe Poe was a literary giant even at the time, although he was always suffering in poverty. Because uh, another thing that a lot of people don't know, he's one of the first, if, if not the first, professional writer. <laughs> he there was no, there was not, that was not a concept before. Sure, there were people who wrote for a living, and that's all they did, but that didn't they didn't count because they were from wealthy families. I mean, they oh, did, yeah. they owned yeah. land, they inherited land, which paid for everything. So they didn't have to uh, you know, do anything but sit around and write and paint all day long. Uh, but Poe struggled because he was a professional writer. He wrote for a living, and that is where the struggle came from. That's why he was in poverty all the time, because he didn't do anything else, and there was no concept of what he was trying to accomplish or do. So the, the stylist would have been his way to success. And that, of course, that brings us to the long-awaited, how did Edgar Allan Poe die? Um, so he, he was on, he went on a train trip around the Northeast United States, uh, in the mid Atlantic, uh, going around to friends and colleagues, that sort of thing, raising money, uh, loans, uh, to start the stylist magazine, which he had all this faith in. And, that would, and realistically, that probably would have been his, uh, that would have been a change in his life at 40 years old. He was changing his life around and he was on his way to real success. And, um, uh, and at least a comfortable living if not wealth itself uh so and then when he gets back the, uh, no one knows what happened he got up the train station and uh even that's not technically reported but we assume he got up the train station disappeared at some point and it appears at gunner's hall uh, He he's disheveled he's helped into the hall uh he, w- he but he got in there as you know, with a little bit of assistance and he wasn't on the sidewalk or in the street, but he was just disheveled, delirious. Someone recognized him. They called for help. Um, a uh, Dr. Snodgrass came and I love these names back then. Dr. Snodgrass <laughs> came and helped him out. Um, they brought him to church home hospital where he died three days later. Um, he, uh, like I said, no one knows exactly what happened to him, but there are theories. There's very, there's, Dozens of theories, actually, but four stand out above all else. All right. Um, one very popular theory, and I think that's mostly to do with his wife dying from tuberculosis, is that he died from TB. But uh, although TB can be in your system for years, uh, it is not a quick death. All right. Usually, anyway, it's, a you know, you can you can get it and then take weeks to months to die from it. Poe was gone. He seemed healthy enough, when he left came back and died, you know, basically. So it's probably not tuberculosis. I think that mostly started from the fact that his wife died, and it's kind of a romantic idea that Mm -hmm. he died for the same thing instead of his wife, okay? Uh, She was only 26 years old when she passed away. Oh, God. Um, Yeah. So the um, – there is another theory, of course, is that he was murdered, you know. (laughs) Murdered. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Yeah, the, uh, so he was uh, sharing a home with uh, Mrs. Clem uh, in New York, and is uh, where in the same little cottage where Virginia, his wife, had died in 1847. And uh, on June 29, 1849, Poe began to lecture tour to raise money, of you know for for the magazine, the Stylus. All right. He first went to Philadelphia, then to Richmond, then Norfolk. While in Richmond, he reunited with a childhood sweetheart, Amara Royster Shelton, Uh, and he courted her, and he he intended to marry at some point. It's another motivation for him to try to raise his money. Although her parents, not excited about it, because Poe was always known to be poor. Uh, But he was was raising money and trying to make better for himself. According to their account, he was quite sober and cheerful to last, remarking as he took leave of them that he would soon be in Richmond again. This is uh, quoted from the last days of Edgar Allan Poe, um, a book written uh, a while back. Taking a boat from Richmond on September 27th, called Ryan in Baltimore on September 28th, 1849. Over the next few days, details about Poe's actions and whereabouts are uncertain. Even his Baltimore cousin Nelson Nielsen Poe wrote to Maria Klammer on October 11th where he spent the time he was here, or under what circumstances I have been unable to ascertain. And by the way, if you want more information like what I'm quoting to you right now, go to eapo.org. That's a website that's run by Jeff Savoy, a Poe scholar here in Baltimore City, and it's a, one of the greatest resources for Poe information. He can give you all sorts of references of books you should read, and he quotes heavily on here. He's been maintaining it for years. All right? Uh, Poe left Rich, uh, he he had over $2,000 with him. Um, And then on October 3rd, 1849, when Joseph Walker sent the following note to Dr. Snodgrass, this Walker is who found him. Dear sir, there is a gentleman, rather than worse for wear, as Ryan's fourth ward pulls, who goes under the top compliment of Edgar A. Poe, and who appears in great distress, and he says he is acquainted with you, and I assure you he is in need of immediate assistance, yours in haste, Joseph W. Walker. Ryan's Swartz Ward-Poles, also noticed Gunners Hall, was a tavern. Such places were often used election poll places at the time. Wouldn't that be great today if you just go to the election poll and have a beer? Yeah, exactly. Uh- <laughs> go wheel up a storm. Now we're talking. Yeah. That's right. There appears to be no foundation tradition of tradition that Poe was found in the gutter, although uh, it was the least possible that Walker came across Poe and helped him in the street and helped him inside um, uh, or into a nearby public house to wait for the arrival of his friend. Now, I want to point out that Dr. Snodgrass is another source of rumors and myths about Poe's alcoholism. Snodgrass was a, a major... Uh, you know, supporter of the temperance movement, which Poe was also a member of at the time. So Stalgras had spread rumors, after Poe's death, that Poe was drunk when he was found. This is not true. Stalgras did that because he was thinking, well, if the great author and writer, the poet Edgar Allan Poe had been killed by alcoholism, then this would motivate people to not be drunk because, or drink alcohol because he could kill such a great yeah. man. You know, so he had selfish motivations in order to propagate Poe once again as a drunk. So it wasn't just Snodgrass doing this. Although there's argument to say, I mean, it wasn't just Griswold. it was Snodgrass too. There's argument to say that Snodgrass had a noble motivation, but it's still you're slandering this guy's name, and he called you a friend. So that kind of that kind of uh, you know is a bad thing to do. So uh, uh, Poe was described as having a stained, faded, old bombazine coat, uh, pantaloons of a similar character, a pair of worn out shoes run down to the heels, and an old straw hat. Which which it totally goes against everything that Pope would have ever found himself dead or alive in, no pun intended, or 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 uh, or sarcasm intended. A rusty, almost brimless, tattered ribbonless Tom Leaf hat is how Stahlgrass described it, His clothing consisted of a sack coat of thin and sleazy black apalka, ripped more or less at, or at several of its seams and faded and soiled, and pants of a steel mixed pattern of tassinate, tam worn, and badly fitting. If it could, fit, it could be said to be fit at all, he wore neither vest nor neckcloth, while the bosom of his shirt was. Both crumpled and badly soiled. What a weekend! Yeah, what a weekend! <laughs> oh, God. It's all true. Yeah, on its feet were boots of coarse material, and given no sign of having been blackened for a long time, if at all. It, it's funny how they're criticizing it for not having a neck collar or, or, or polished boots. Right, because <laughs> so, these guys are snobs, basically. Vince. <laughs> but, but, uh, uh...
0: Good. How do people? How do people get a, get a hold of you? We have we have about four about a minute left. How do people get a hold of you to hear the rest of the story?
5: Oh, you can uh, go to posemagic which is a website I run for, for the things I do in Baltimore City. Or you can check me out at ghosttech.com for the paranormal stuff I do. I'll be updating that website very soon. Of course, just follow me on uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all those places. Vince Wilson, Vince Wilson Magic. I'm also uh, the I also run the page, Baltimore Society Parallel Research, or BSBR, on Facebook as well. So you can find me there, uh, all those places. Or just send me an email at vince at ghosttech.com.
0: Thank you, Vince. Great talking to you, sir.
5: Likewise, likewise. Have a good
0: day. We'll be back with the family.